Hernandez. We are here on, it can be a mental health related podcast. We don't have Davis on today. Unfortunately, he got a new puppy, so he is dealing with him or her, my bad. And I don't think his wife's there. So he is taking the full brunt of the new child. Um, We know it's not a child, but right now it is their child. So he gets to take care of them. So it's you and me today, baby. Um, Let's roll, man. Let's roll. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. So for one, we haven't had you on the podcast in a while. So let's give a little update for Mr. Hernandez to everyone listening. What have you been up to? How's the company going? What's some initiatives you might have been doing lately that you want to share and that we can talk about a little bit? I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, brother. I appreciate that, man. You know, and, and I, there is a power or rather a connection to like mental wellness, right? Mental health. So mm-hmm. business has been amazing. The podcast has been amazing. Awesome. Like I, I'm living a blessed life, man. And I, I know that it's a result of being focused on sharing the gifts and talents that I've been blessed with mm-hmm. uh, in service to others, right? Like, so if anybody, you want to get unstuck, start doing that. Every We all have them gifts and talents, right? Uh, it's just a matter of having the, for me, it was a matter of ha- getting the courage to share them, to like embrace the Good. fact that I do have gifts and talents and that they can bring value to others. Now, I, I reflecting last year, right before my birthday, I, it became very clear that I want to make a shift in my business. And so last year, 80% of my revenue came in from like in-person or face-to-face type consulting. 20% came in from some of the transformational, super impactful things that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, business is phenomenal. But if I want a real challenge on my hands, it's going to force me to like develop new skills, meet more people. And the outcome is serving people in a deeper and more meaningful way. Well, let's go figure that out. So that's the goal this year. And so hyper-focused, pedal to the metal on sweat equity improvement and emotional bungee jumpers. Because those things, I get to see the impact it has on the on the individuals like in the moment and maybe that's part of it right it's like instant gratification for me to be able to see like the 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 lights go on where people like man they get it and they start using the thinking and some of the stuff that we teach and applying it and and their days start getting really awesome mm-hmm. so that's going to be the focus you know what that is actually going to end up looking like i have no idea cuz right now I've got backlog that takes me into May with wow. some phenomenal forward-thinking leaders. So it ain't like I'm going to cut them all off and say, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I still want to deliver that on those commitments. So now it's just figuring out how to how to do the on, like, you know, online marketing and lead generation and conversion and, like, just all of that. Um, like, I'm learning new words now. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. You, you sounded smart just saying it. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so go a little bit into the the two things that you want to spend more time. Tell us a little bit about what is emotional bungee jump jumpers so the listeners yep. know. And then what was the other one? Sweat equity. That's right. Sweat equity yep. equity improvement. We talked about yeah. that a little bit before. So go into those a little bit just so our listeners know kind of what your hoping to to switch this year revenue yes. wise. Yes, 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 for sure. So 
Thank you for that. Emotional bungee jumpers is a community of leaders that are actively cultivating their skills of connection, influence, and communication. Um, and so it's a paid community. We meet once a month and we're fixing to add some new features to it that help us develop more skills. Nice. But but sum it all up, it's, it's a monthly call where we work live with each other on giving frank and actionable feedback, like getting practice at that, practice at gracefully receiving feedback, because, you know, a lot of people get that you don't take feedback very well mm -hmm. on their annual performance reviews. Also helping them learn how to like be a better listener and be more connected to the person in front of them instead of just jumping to solutions and cutting people off. And also, I mean, the last kind of big one that's a little harder to, to develop is focusing on the task at hand, meaning not getting distracted or sucked into the other situation that's going on, but being hyper-focused on what the, what you're assigned to in the moment. Right. And so, you know, we've got, I don't know, 20 some odd people signed up for that now and figuring out what, what do I got to do? What's the messaging so that more people can come and have that experience so that they can better connect with the people they serve at work and at home yeah. and in their community. The, the, you know, the, don't tell anybody this part Walker, but that all of that requires vulnerability. Oh, so, gasp, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so every session is really a lesson or a rep in practicing and building our comfort with vulnerability. But don't yeah. tell anybody, because yeah. if they no, hear it's that, a secret. They, they might, right? That's a secret. And, and, you know, in terms of like the benefit that whole thing has given me is it's helped me get better at forming meaningful relationships quickly which play into a positive mental wellness situation right the other is sweat equity improvement which is teaching field leaders construction leaders how to study and improve the work meaning the installation like at the trade level at the install level yeah and making it redesigning it so that it it serves the men and women doing the work better, right? Like the outcome is improved production every single time. We're making production install rates go up. That's awesome. But the approach, it equips the leader with some fundamental skills on not just studying and breaking the, the work apart, but also socializing improvement ideas and forming relationships with our installers, with our craft mm. people out there that we usually don't interact with. And so by default of that system, those, rela those relationships start building, the trust starts building, the outcome is improved safety, improved production, improved quality. But through the process, these field leaders are learning how to, how to make things better for the people they serve. Instead of just saying, hurry up, work overtime, you need more people. Yeah, It's like, let's yeah. study this thing. Let's make it Let's, let's remove all the burdensome, laborious elements of that work, as many as we can. Then let's add people, because now you have a, like a repeatable process that you know is going to produce you know, a certain install rate, provided you follow the method that was designed. And, and again, so in terms of like connection and forming relationships, and ultimately making the work better, because you've seen it, the work out there ain't easy. No. And, and we're never going to make it entirely simple. 
but we can make it more respectful for the people that are actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? And, and this is not anything new that we've never talked about on the podcast before, right? It's construction. We're going to keep hammering it into your heads, but it is all about relationships and it's how you treat people. You can have, you've talked about it. You've talked about, we actually mentioned it, I think on our last podcast, we brought oh. you up and mentioned something that, that you had brought up, right? But there's there's construction companies that you have worked with who had taught their people, especially the newer people, in a certain way of dealing with or working with, I'm going to say in this case, dealing with trades because their method is not working with, right? It's dealing with. Yes. And yes. so they are not very easy. They constantly hound them. They don't try to solve problems together, right? It's always someone yeah. else's fault. They're always playing the blame game. That is one way to deal with the people on a construction site. And then you have the GCs who want to work with their yes. trades and their subcontractors. And those are the ones whose jobs are a lot more successful, who have a lot of repeat business with trades, right? Because they're also a, a customer in a sense, because if you don't want to work with a GC, you don't have to. But if you like working with them, then you're going to want to be on more jobs that they bid. And that 100%. helps the GC. And so those are different ways of being an emotional bungee jumper in my, in my head, right? It's, it's how are you going to talk to your trades? How are you going to deal with them? Now, what I've found I think I'm on the side of emotional bungee jumpers, not all the time, but trying to make relationships right with people on the job site, get to know them. What I have found is that I have a hard time once I've made that relationship with someone, like become friends, text them if they're doing good, right? Or, hey, what's going on? Can I help you with anything sort of thing? I have a hard time flipping that switch and going into push mode of being stern and tough at the same time because I feel like we're friends now. I don't want to be a jerk, right? But you have to, and not being a jerk, but you know what I mean. You have to kind of yes. be stern in times, especially in construction. And it shouldn't hurt the relationship, right. but that's always a fear of mine. So how do yes. you how do you work through that or deal with that on terms of a job site? Of I want to be friends with someone. I want to work with them. I want to know that... You know, they can come to me with anything, but at the same time, you got to be firm and tough on them in instances without, you know, trying to ruin the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. So I'll, I'll use you and I as an example. I consider you a friend for about, what, a couple of years now, maybe even three. It's crazy. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I mean, you're married, like you're going through life changes. Yeah, you've seen a lot of, of uh, Davis and I's life changes throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's freaking, it's so inspiring. Now, if I saw you behaving in such a way that didn't reflect the man I know, mm -hmm. I would tell you. And yeah. is there risk of me losing your friendship? Absolutely. But my comfort in having maintaining your favor is not as valuable or as important to me as me making sure you show up mm. and rep your, represent yourself the way you're capable of. That's good. And so it's, it's the same thing when we're forming relationships out in the field, like for real, for real, if you can't, like if you can't go hard and just call things what they are and, and put people to task, you may not be the right person 
for the leadership role mm. in the field. So you have to be able to go there. Like the whole emotional bungee jumpers thing, it's not about abandoning the tools that you have. It's about adding a tool to your toolbox. And so yeah, when we good. have, you know, these friendly, amicable relationships, that's awesome because now we have some trust. We have some understanding. I honor you as a human being. You honor me as a human being. And we are in this situation together to accomplish a thing. When one of us is not behaving in accordance mm. with executing the plan, the other one has a license to say, hey, dummy, wake up and do your damn job. Yeah. And it's going to be uncomfortable in the moment. And provided we do it with respect, maybe don't call them a dummy, right? But for me, like if you see me offline, like acting a fool and you call me a dummy, that's the only way to get my attention. Right. <laughs> right. You right. can't tell me, you can't, you can't be like soft about it. I need firm, direct communication. So understanding what people respond to, that comes from the relationship, from spending time with that's each great. other. That's a good point. So if I understand that the person in front of me when when we got to have a performance conversation because they're not meeting the expectation and they only respond respond to harsh language well i'm going to hit them with harsh firm direct language i will say you are failing mm. your performance is going to screw all of us what do you need from me so we can get the damn thing done and are you no longer committed to this mission and like and that's that little series of questions I didn't disrespect anybody. It's just very clear about what's going on. Told him what's happening. Will it hurt a feeling or two? Sure. But we're is here it needed? for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How does yeah. it, what do you think of that? No, I think you, you said it really well, right? And it's you're developing this relationship so that you are able to call you know when they're act you know when they're at their best, or you know when they're a team, right? Even like their team of guys in the field, you know, when they're at their best. So you've seen what, what good looks like. And now when you see what bad is, you are able to call attention to that because of the relationship that you have built. You got it. And if you have built the relationship well enough, then you have gained that permission to call them out on such things. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because Here's what the other here's what happens when we don't have that trust and the courage to stand on it <laughs> is I know you're not representing yourself well, but I'm not going to tell you because I want you to like me. Mm. But I'm going to tell everybody else, man, have you seen Walker? Like, what the hell is he doing? Is he OK? And, and doing all this chit chat chatter over here that is completely disrespectful because we're all talking about you. But can't nobody come and tell you, hey, tell Walker, you. Get, your, yeah. get your stuff in a pile? Like that, that's what happens when I don't have the courage to put your favor on the line so that I can better serve you. And so, yes, there's always risk, but I'm the type of friend that's going to tell you. Yeah. There's nothing worse than you going to someone or maybe a boss or, or someone who you work with daily and saying, hey, you know, here's what I think I do well what can I do better? And the answer being, uh, no, you you do pretty good. I don't really have much to, to, to add. Right. No, I know there's something that I can do better. Like give of me course. something. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Right. 
But when yeah. it's just wishy-washy of like, ah, I can't really think of anything. All right, well, you think of something, come back to me. Because I know <laughs> there is something that I can do better on, right? I that's I don't like it when someone doesn't tell you, even when you ask, you right. know? And, and so you're right. Yeah, there is definitely a, a time and a place and a benefit. I think what a lot of people miss is that especially as a GC, I always speak from a GC point of view because it's easy. That's what I am. A lot of the guys never get to the level that we just described with their guys in the field, right? Or with their trades, they stay yep. on the very base level, but yep. they think that they have that ability to talk a certain way to them or drive them a yep. certain way simply because they have a contract with them. And Correct. sure, contract. If you want to speak in in straight contractually, contractual terms, right? Yeah, you can make them do certain things. But if you want to speak in relational terms, then it's going to take a little bit more work, right? And it, the moment yeah. that you throw out, well, in your contract, you know, then that's going to add a certain level of, oh, okay, I see what we're doing now. Like that's how you want to play it, sort of thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I've done it. Like, here's the thing is I I used to do that. I never used the contract thing. But what I mean by done it, I leveraged rather the only tool I leveraged was my formal authority. Mm. And like, like, for real, you know, this, if that's the only tool you got, you ain't got much. Nothing. Right. Like, that should be the last last tool you pull out is your formal authority. I mean, yes, there's power dynamics. Yes, you have more authority and more influence over the other person. But if you have to leverage that every time to to elicit action, you're not a leader. <laughs> you're absolutely not. You're a freaking hall monitor yeah. that's telling them, if you don't do it, I'm going to tell the teacher. <laughs> like, Come on, man, like, yeah, please, like, figure it out. Do it because I said so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, if that's all you got now, again, you gotta. We have to be prepared to go there. Yeah. Right. Like, we have to be prepared to say, look, we've had this conversation over and over. You continue to fail Agreed. in fulfilling your commitment. I need you to give me a plan and show me that you can execute it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to escalate this. That's really good. And you best believe if you fail to follow through, if you don't escalate it, like you said, you're just another wishy-washy weenie boy. So we, you know, and my point is we have to be prepared to go there. But if that's where we're starting, you got a bigger problem. And, and you're going to be screaming and yelling and frustrated all the time. And you're going to be always talking about how you're always babysitting and how the trades just ain't what they used to be. And, and all this crap, every job I'm on sucks. And like, yep. well, guess what? What's the common denominator? If it's every job you've ever been on, maybe it's you. That is a great point. I'm trying to find the name of it. Adam, in one of our next-gen leaders group, sent us... Yeah, leader. yeah that's it. Was I clear? Yeah. Like, did you understand the assignment? Did we, you know, work through it? I'm seeing if I can find it. And we can yes. talk about that briefly. That was one of the better just tools i've seen that you can use for something like that especially if someone is not meeting the level of you know what what you had expected them to meet totally 
You know, the way I view that, he and I went back and forth a little bit about it, but the way I view that meter is it's perfect if I'm measuring my performance as mm. the leader. If I'm using it to measure somebody else's adherence or compliance to my direction, I'm using it wrong. Mm. <laughs> Okay. So what would you, so what would, what would you use in place then to measure someone else's? Well, so that's the thing, right? Is what I, the way I measure people's behavior is I measure it. I use it as an indicator of my efficacy of communication, securing commitments and communicating clear expectations. Mm, okay. So what I look at it as is like, okay, if they didn't, if they didn't execute, was I clear? Did I verify that they have the competency to do the task? Did I provide them with the resources necessary to execute the task? Did mm. I secure a commitment? Did I give them a time frame in which to deliver or provide the deliverable? Because most of the time when people fail to follow through, I've missed one of those things. I failed yeah. to communicate one of those things. And so they may have a performance issue, but my first filter is how did I contribute it to this less than awesome outcome? Because I have yeah. more power and influence over my behavior and my actions in the future. So I'm looking, how can I better serve and connect with that person? Now, when it happens multiple times and my multiple, I'm saying two or three, not 10. Right. Then we have to have a different conversation because I will have verified that I was clear about the expectation. I verified that they had the capability to do the work. I made sure I was clear about the timeline they had in which to execute the work. I secured a commitment from them. They said to me, yes, I can deliver that on this day. So now I've done all that I can do. Hmm. And so now it's a question of, do you really not have the capability or do you just not have the desire? And yeah. if you're not willing to do the thing, let's just know that so that I can get somebody who is. And then separate them, right? Like That's maybe good. they need to be in another role. Maybe they need to be on another team. Maybe they need to be on another project, whatever. But I first have to run through all the checks of, did I fulfill my responsibility as the leader or manager before I can go and just cut and blame everybody? Because I've done that for a large part of my career where it was just, man, if everybody didn't suck, I would be a better leader. Mm. And it wasn't that everybody sucked. I did a poor job in my communication and securing commitments. No, that's really good. Two things, right? So the first one was essentially you were describing what a leader is. It's not, it's not, why don't they get it? It's why am I not clear enough? Like how, how can I be clearer so that they understand, right? You have to put the blame on yourself because in all honesty, somewhere along those lines, you probably could have been clearer. And I've found that there's certain subs that I work with who I've learned that if I don't repeat myself two to three times in a conversation, it's not going to be understood, right? Because I've said it once and it was done opposite. I said, okay, maybe I wasn't clear enough when I initially yep. talked to him. So next I repeated it again. And then maybe a third time saying, Right. Just confirming like you are going to do X, Y, Z. And they're like, yes, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. All right. Got it. Now we are on the same page. Right. 
And so it's just changing in communication or how you talk to someone and then going back to it. If those methods don't work, if you are repeating yourself and you're doing it and they say, oh, I got it. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then they go and they do, you know, ABC instead. And you're like, this is completely opposite of what I talked to you about. You even confirmed it and you did it wrong. Right. Then it's the conversation of, all right, are they on the right bus? It, you know, it's right. going to that conversation. If the, if it. they're on the right bus, are they in the right seat on that bus? Yeah. Or how can I move them around to a position that's better suited for where they are at the moment? You know? Correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's not comfortable, but that's what we have to do. Right. right. And I'm sure somebody's listening to this. Like, I ain't got time to repeat myself. Right. Okay. Don't. And then you're just going to be screaming and yelling and frustrated and pissed. Yep. Right. Like it, it's you get you have a choice. But I think it, the more time I focus on becoming a better communicator and looking for the signals that the person understood the request or the directive, the more successful we are. Right. And, and you know, one thing that I like to do that probably drives people crazy is instead of just using words, I like to point at things. And if I see like, uh, yeah, that's good. you can see, right? You've seen it like, oh, I don't think they really get what I'm talking about. Like, come here, let me show you. Let, this is the thing. This is the location I'm talking about. Get a laser pointer, right? Yeah, let, let's go. <laughs> let's go over there. This is the thing. This is what it looks like. This is how I want it to look like. Does that make sense? Can yeah. you do that? Do you have what you need to make that happen? That might've taken an extra 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. which feels like wasted time. But if I didn't do that, all the time they spend doing it wrong. Until you checked it, right? Check, we've just compounded the amount of wasted time. Yeah. And so the effort put in on the front end and like communicating and verifying that like, when I say communicating, I mean, delivering a message, that's half of it. The other half is the receiving of the message. So did I deliver the message? Yes, we all do that. And we all think we're great at it. And we actually suck at it. Right. I mean, you're married now. How good of a cr- communicator are you? Oh, I'm are terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always learning. Like, so the other part that we're really all miserable at is verifying that the message was received as intended. We just assume, like I said it, they indicated that they knew, so I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it works out. And then that's where our, that's where a lot of our problems come from. And yeah. our stress and frustration and mental wealth, like our relationships erode because we get frustrated with them and we start demonizing them and labeling mm. them as ignorant and careless. Perfect. But we're human, man. Like, we're human. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And I'll, I'll say one thing and then we can kind of, close it out on on men, more of a mental health focus, I guess, on how we can tie all that together, right? Yeah. But it is your responsibility as a leader to make sure they understand. And sometimes that is, right, I, I, we just got a, a superintendent, a new superintendent, not new to the company, but new to the job site, who speaks fluent Spanish. He's from a, nice. uh, um, you know, Hispanic background. And so if there's times when I'm like, Carlos, I need you to come out here and translate for me. Because mm-hmm. I know that what I'm saying right now is not getting completely understood, right? It's yes. getting sort of understood and to no fault of, of anyone's, it's just a right. communication barrier. So I'm yes. going to fill that gap and yes. I'm going to get you to come down and we're going to make sure that everyone's on board 
and then we'll go from there, right? Because yes. I could have just been like pointing at things and trying to make sure that they understood what I was trying to say. And then when it gets wrong, right, someone's going to be mad and yep. it's going to be my fault for, for them not understanding because I didn't yep. do it appropriately. So I'm just going to bring in a resource and we're going to make 100%. sure that everyone's on the same page. Yes. Yes. That's the bet. Just that few extra minutes will save you all kinds of headaches. Yep. Exactly. So to wrap this up, right, what you can apply to the mental health portion of it, how does this help us on a job site daily is that yeah. for me, you take the guesswork out of everything. No one wants to up in the air on something. They don't want to be, what's the word, like frustrated or anxious is another word, right? Because when you don't understand something or when something is unknown, like how someone thinks you're doing, how mm -hmm. your performance is seen by others, even just how your job is going personally, like if, if you do not know that, it's going to cause anxiety, right? And then anxiety is going to lead to something else. And then you're going to get burnt out because you don't want to go to work because in your mind, you always think the worst. You think yep. you're not doing a good job. You think that people don't like you. You think that, you know, you don't need to show up to work the next day because you won't be missed, right? But if yep. you have that clear communication, if someone's always coming to you and saying, hey, like I, you're doing great here. I think you can do better here. Hey, great job over there. That's awesome. You did fantastic. Let's work on this, right? You get that backup of saying, oh, good, I did a good job. But you also get something to work on. So now when you come to work the next day, you got something that you can improve upon. And yes. to me personally, that's awesome. That's what someone wants, right? Especially, and I'll say one story and then and then you can bring it home, right? But we were actually, Davis and I both, we were on a plane as we were headed to Texas A&M and I was talking to this guy next to me and he, I was asking him, he, I think he, he didn't own it, but he was one of the guys that ran like a trucking company of, of some sort. And he right. was saying, yeah, I was asking him what's the difference between the younger generation of like truckers coming in and the older generation. Like, what do you see? What do you see the differences? He goes, the, young, the older generation, they just wanted to, to get in and work and do their job and go home. They didn't care about feedback. They didn't care what someone thought about them. They they lived in a time where like you just sit in a, a cab for 12 to 15 hours. You do your job, you go home, and you do it again the next day, right? <clears throat> Good or bad. Nowadays, one, people want more time to go and do hobbies or things that they want to do. They don't want to spend 15 hours in the cab anymore. And they want more feedback. They want to be told that they're doing a good job. And they want to be told what they can do better, right? He, he Literally, that's what he said. He's like, they want more feedback than the older generation did. So I think that is where a big gap is, is that a yes. lot of construction is the older generation. And they were, go to work, shut up, do your job, and go home, right? And the newer generation is, go to work, how am I doing, what can I do better, and then go home. Yes, yes. Oh, it's awesome. You know, I, I'm of the generation where... The only feedback I needed was my paycheck. Right. I just got my check on Friday. I'm That's good. I still got a job. We're <laughs> good. Like, let's keep on rolling. So I've got two, two real, one kind of interesting thing and then a similar story. And this, the story will help the younglings, right? The folks that, because I am a feedback fiend. Yeah. Except the way I go about getting it. it, there's some specific things I do. 
So, you know, one of the things, here's the example. One of the things that like help Uber like blow up in terms of taking over, like ferociously taking over the market mm. was the, the, the little GPS map that's on the screen after you order an Uber. Because when you request and call and get a taxi, somebody says, yes, taxi's coming. Mm, you, you don't have know no when. idea how far away they are are they at a break are they are they even on their way you just what you don't know they're coming That's until good. they arrive uber you order the thing and you can look on the map and any moment you know exactly where you are at in relation to the outcome that you're seeking that little thing is credited good. for making the the wave of change where people's held hell yeah i'm gonna need to do that that's the same experience that we're having in the workplace. Yes, I have a job to do. I have whatever emails to send, submittals to process, pipe to install, whatever it is. I know I have to do that. But in terms of my career or my end of the year bonus, my performance evaluation, I have to wait a whole freaking year to find out if I'm doing good or not. Like right. that doesn't feel good for anybody. So yes, we have to do better at providing feedback. Now, one thing that I've done that has helped me get exactly the feedback I was looking for. So example, I had a boss, he was the national director of the group and awesome guy. We didn't have a lot of contact, a lot of conversation. I, hey man, you got any feedback for me? And he would be like, nope, you just keep doing what you're doing, which drives me nuts. So, and I really felt like I was not doing well. Yeah. Right. Like I felt like in relation to my peers that I was sucking it up. And so finally one day I said, okay, like I keep asking for feedback. I keep getting the same thing. I'm going to change my approach. And so we were actually in Denver and I said, Hey, I need, we need to talk. Okay. I said, look, I feel like I'm letting you down and I'm failing miserably at my job. Mm. And if I am, would you please let me know if you think that's true and point out one or two things that I need to work on right now. <laughs> and he said, whoa, no, <laughs> no, not at all. You're actually kind of the example I use for some of your peers nice. because nice. you're doing A, B, C, and D. You're having tremendous progress in these areas. There's these things that you don't pay a lot of attention to, and I wish you would. But because you're doing this, who cares about those things? He's like, no, like, I'm sorry. Like, that's why you keep, I was like, yeah, like I, I just thought I was failing the whole time. And so what did I do? What's the practice? The practice is be explicit about what you're seeking and why you're seeking it. So mm. if you were to go to your boss, what do you want to improve on? The two, just throw out three wild things that you want to be the best at Walker. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's Whatever. see. Managing re relationships. So trades, right? Yep. Financial management. And okay. I don't know. Let's see. Liaison relationship between the architect and, uh, and the owner. Okay. Right? Good. So you want feedback. But like now we know what the hell you're working on. So if you come to me and I'm your boss and you say, hey, Jess, I want to get better at my relationships with, with, the, with the architects and the owner's rep. And... I feel like I'm weak in financial management. What's your assessment of how I perform in that area in relation 
to where I should be performing. Mm. That's a very, now you gave me some context. That's good. I'm probably going to say, shit, you know what? That's a phenomenal question. Give me some time so I can come up with something actionable Mm. for you. That's very different than saying, hey, can you give me some feedback? How am I doing? What do you think about that? That's good. That's really good. And and so if the Lane Foundation's nation out there, the younglings, not just younglings, everybody, any generation, doesn't matter. What are the core skills that you're trying to be excellent at? And when you're seeking feedback, ask specifically Mm. around the core things that you want to be the best at. And then they can give you precise and actionable feedback instead of the loosey-goosey. Because if you really want to know, am I going to get a raise? Ask, am I going to get a raise? If you really want to know that you're going to get five stars on your performance review, ask, am I going to get five stars on my performance review? But I don't think that's the kind of feedback that people are looking for. We want specific feedback on things that specific things that we're working on. So we would be helping our situation and our leaders in being explicit about what that is. That's huge. And you connected a dot, right? You taught me something. One, you connected another dot because when you just ask the straight, hey, like, what do I, what do I do well? What can I do better? That's not a bad question, but you're creating work for them because they have to start what they're doing. They have to think through all of your job responsibilities and just pick and choose something, right? It it might not even be something that you do bad, but they're they might choose that anyway and say ah this right you could do better at this like maybe that's because everyone could do better at that right but if you offer the three or two areas like hey there's this area that i want to work on and there's this area that i want to work on in relation to those how am i doing and what you know what is like two things that you would recommend me do that would improve my overall performance right creating a little bit of work for them but you narrowed their the amount of work that they have to do to like two things that they have to think of, not 200. Yep. Yep. And also they may say, Ooh, I like what you're thinking Walker, but if you work on this thing first, mm. that'll set you up for the other thing that you want to do. Right. But it opens the door for like the critical thinking. And like you said, you did the heavy lifting. It's your damn mm. career. You do the heavy lifting. And you tell your boss what it is you want to work on and like you want to be the best at whatever it is. I, I think you framed it really well. You do the work and they, now you've equipped them to provide you what you're actually seeking. That's super good. That's really good. Man, guys, I hope you, to all who are listening, I hope you stayed till the end because that was like a ton of wisdom packed into to 30 seconds right there by Mr. Hernandez. But Jesse, dude... Thank you so much for joining us on yep. another episode. I think you are our most visited guest, which we truly appreciate. I'm sad that Davis couldn't join us today, but I know that he will listen to it and I know that he will get just as much out of it as I did. So awesome. without further ado, where can we find some of the resources that you mentioned and yes. learn more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So go to depthbuilder.com forward slash services and you can find all the wacky stuff I talked about at the beginning. And and if you haven't, rather, you have to follow and leave a leave a review for Lane Foundations first and then go to <laughs> depthbuilder.com 
forward slash services. And then on LinkedIn is the best way. I, you know, I'd love to connect with anybody and everybody. I'm posting content every single day. If you just search Jesse Depth Builder on LinkedIn, you'll find me and, and I will flood your your feed with all kinds of crazy stuff. So be ready. Sometimes you'll see his alter egos too. If you, uh, if you stick around long enough. <laughs> Chewie's been slacking, man. I got to bring him <laughs> up. Well, Mr. Hernandez, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Peace. <laughs>